0: Him, but Charles Spurgeon was known as the, uh, the Prince of Preachers. Uh, he was a very famous preacher. He had uh, a mega church before there was like mega churches, 10,000 people attending his church. Huge. Um, he, he went viral before there was an internet. Like his sermons on Sunday morning would be printed in the paper. So people would not only get that, but they could also read. They couldn't comment on it though. Uh, maybe a letter to the editor or something, give it four stars. Um, anyways, Uh, On Sunday morning, he had not just him, but he had other pastors in his church, and he wanted them to always be ready to preach. And so he wouldn't tell them the passage, and he wouldn't tell them when they were going up, but he would go out there Sunday morning and say, okay, you're teaching today. And on one Sunday morning, he grabbed a pastor and said, okay, you're going to teach, and it's going to be the story of Zacchaeus. And the guy wasn't Extremely tall, so he's like, okay, and you know, he had no prep, no anything, this was it. Go up there and now preach to 10,000 people. Um, so he said, and he knew that what Spurgeon liked was a, a sermon with three points. So he said, okay, I've got three points. He, he went up on the stage, he said, okay, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm a short guy, I'm not, you know, I'm not very tall, I'm like Zacchaeus. He said, um, Zacchaeus climbed up in the sycamore tree. And so then, here I am up here in front of all of you on the sycamore tree, and then the then it says, and then the Lord came down and said, Zacchaeus, come down from there." And so he said, "So I'm coming down," and that was the, <laughs> That was the end of his sermon. <laughs> I heard that the other day. I thought that was that was perfect. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I I am I am really excited to be here. Uh, it's um, we're going to be talking about prayer. Uh, you know, uh, Pastor Nick and I were talking about it, and it's like. I think this is the third or fourth time I've been up here talking specifically about prayer, and uh, so I'm pretty sure God really wants me to learn this. Hopefully, I'm getting it. Um, but we're going to be in Ephesians 6 this week, um, continuing, uh, as as Nick said, spiritual resources for Christian living. Um, if you're in Ephesians 6, you can flip over to the 6. Um, verse 18 is where we're going to start, but uh, you can take a, a look up uh, where, um, and... We're going to talk about uh, a little bit in six ten as well, so in this section of Ephesians, Paul has um, been applying a spiritual lens really to what Christian living should be right he gave us the code of like how we should live you know what marriage looks like what children look like what what work looks like, these sorts of things uh, and then immediately he goes and now that you're fighting the battle here's your armor and so uh, he's kind of. He concludes that section of of what's going on in the household with verse 10 where it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So it's be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And we're going to be talking about that today. Like, what does that mean? Because the whole rest of the section is about the Lord's strength and not my strength. Um, So we're uh, encouraged to be strong um, we aren't trying to live according to this code of rules that he's just given us as if there were something that we can just accomplish and earn, like, okay, you're a Christian now, now you need to earn these things. Like, it's, it, this living only works with God's strength, so be encouraged in the Lord and use his strength. There are plenty of other religions out there that will tell you if you just live this way, if you do these things, you follow these steps accordingly, you will be perfect and everything will work out. Christianity does not say that. We say that we go by God's strength only. So, in uh, one of my favorite books, um, uh, if you've ever heard of the Chronicles of Narnia series with the lion and all that stuff, one of my favorite books is one of the smaller ones. I think it's the third one. It's called A Horse and His Boy. And, you know, in in Narnia, like all the animals talk, so it's the horse that can talk. Um, And so, the thing that I love about it is um, in the story, this horse and this boy meet up and they 're trying they 're escaping uh captivity they're they're running away they 're being chased uh trying to get to to a place where they can be free uh and at one point in this journey uh the horse is walking through uh a really really dark path can can 't barely see what's in front of them and he 's just walking walking walking, and uh he senses like there's something over here, like a dangerous something, like presence to my right. And so he's kind of like just trying to stay away from it in the story. And at the, he gets through it, right? Although it's, it's a really tense part of the book. He's really scared. He gets through it. At the end of the story, he meets up with Aslan, which is the lion from the first one, right? Uh, and he says, where were, where were you when, when I was, like, I was scared through all these things. Where were you? And Aslan says, you know, no, that was me. Because they were walking on a cliffside. And it was just like, they could have fallen off, could have anything, but Aslan was just keeping them on the path. And so, like, we need to realize as Christians that God is keeping us on the path, and we need Him; Otherwise, we'll fall off. Um, and we need God's strength for that. So as we went through the armor of God, I was super blessed last week when we were talking about it. Um, we just discussed all the elements, you know, the helmet. Uh, we talked about um, how, how powerful each of those pieces were. We talked about truth, uh, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, and the word. Um, the thing that um, I walked away from that with was also that all these elements are all Christ. They all point to Christ. So Christ you know, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, no one comes to the Father except by me. You know, We talk about the um, uh, righteousness. It says, he who, made, he who knew no sin, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Um, so what we're actually encouraged to do in, in the whole armor of God is put on Christ. Every piece is putting Christ onto us. In Romans thirteen fourteen says, "But put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh, to gratify its desires." So then, um, it's when I look at the armor of God, I, I think it's it's dangerous to kind of say like, "Okay, there's this piece and this piece," and and you know, which piece am I which piece am I putting on today? Right? We need the whole of Christ. Uh, it's not like uh, Voltron. Where you know you put these pieces together, and all of a sudden you've got Christ, you've got the Christian life. Side note: that's the first of two eighties references, and Lord willing, there'll be a third if I can come up with it. But um, <laughs> and if you don't know who Voltron is, we can have a talk after. Anyways, but uh, the um, the armor of God is 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 not those pieces individually. It's it's the whole thing. Um, I think if you try to make sense of it with just if your life is only part of the armor of God, then you're missing out because your truth is in something else or your salvation is in something else or you're leaning on the word. You need all of it. And, and it's God's strength that's being offered, right? So it's, that is available and that is, that is, what we, that is our strength. Um, so now, our verse today in 618, um, let's go ahead and read it and then we can pray. 18 to 20 says, Praying at all times Dear Lord, we just want to come before you this morning. Lord, we pray for the whole armor. We pray for all of your strength, Lord. We need it. Uh, we need it right now, Lord. We need it every day. And we just want uh, every one of our prayers just to be inviting you in to be our strength. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So when something's important, you repeat it, right? When something's important, you repeat it, right? Yeah. Like. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my humor doesn't get any better. Um, (laughs) It's like the bathrooms. We, every week, repeat to you guys where the bathrooms are. You all know where the bathrooms are right now, and that's important sometimes. So um, in this section, uh, the word uh, all is repeated four times in one verse, talking about prayer. So it's being emphasized, right? There's um, pray at all times, Let's pray with all prayer and supplication. Let's pray with all perseverance, which I'm going to call all your heart. Um, and then let's pray for all the saints. Right? So those four um, are what we're going to be zooming in on. But just like it was dangerous to take the armor in pieces, I think it's dangerous to look at this as another separate element. right? Um, I've... Uh, I've heard this preached before that like prayer is another piece of the armor or prayer is the engine of the armor, right? Like I get the armor on and then I, can, then I pray and that's how I operate the armor. Um, I think the problem with that, is, that approach is it says, okay, God has given you the armor, now you do something to power it. And all of a sudden it's, it's not God's armor, it's my armor because I'm the one who powers it. It has to all be a God thing. So when we're talking about prayer here, each one of these, like I said, is, is really all about God's strength that we saw. Each one of these is all about inviting God's strength into situations, into times, into places, into other people's lives, inviting that strength in. And that's how we succeed. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Better Off Dead, great movie. Uh, it's, it's my other 80s reference. Um, the, uh, there's a comedy with John Cusack, and it, it's morbidly funny. Like, uh, I was trying to think of a way to describe it, but basically, at the, be- the beginning of the movie, uh, John, John Cusack's a high school student. He gets dumped by his girlfriend. His life is devastated, and he gets dumped by uh, her for the new captain of the ski team who goes down this really gnarly slope they call the K-12 in the movie. And all throughout the movie... You know, he he decides. You know what? I'm going to win her back by skiing the K12, and so then uh, all through the movie, he runs into people who have like, oh, so and so just like it's all broken up body cast. Yeah, I, I tried to ski the K12, and it's just like the whole movie. And he's like, oh, what am I doing? So then, at two points in the movie, he's at the top of the K12, staring down, and he's got he's got at one point uh, his friends with him, and another point another friends with him. And he's just—he's like, okay, I'm—I'm going to do it. And then um, his friend says, "Look, we've been up here for hours. You—you sh- you should just go." And, and he says, "I don't know what to do." He says, "Okay." And so his friend says, "Go that way, really fast. If something gets in your way, turn." <laughs> it's just like, so he looks at his friend. Like, what have you told me? Go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. That's skiing. That's, you know, like, what is... So, and two people say it to them. It's hilarious in the movie. Um, but, like, if... I think if we look at prayer like this, like, it's something I do, it becomes like God saying, go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, pray. And it feels very hands-off. It's, it's not who God is. It's not what God is saying, right? Um, God doesn't build you up as a Christian, and say, here's the armor, now go fight your battles. He is there with us. And so when we're praying, we're, we're inviting him into that, and we're saying, like, I can't handle this. I need you, God. So in 1 Kings 18, there's a contest between... Um, there's a three-year drought in Israel. There's a contest between Elijah and Baal. Uh, well, the prophets of Baal and, and Elijah, the prophet of God. And so there has been raining for over three years in Israel, which is devastating for the area. And they have a contest. And they say, okay, we're going to build up these two altars and we're going to put our sacrifice on it, you know, altar, wood, sacrifice. Uh, and then we're going to call down fire from heaven. Prophets of Baal, you go first. So they uh, spent all day crying, screaming, cutting themselves anything they could do to try to get their God to, to ignite the flame for them miraculously. Uh, even Elijah's like, maybe he's sleeping, you know, just totally taunting him. It's hilarious. It's, it's a great part of the Bible. Uh, but uh, so finally, it's Elijah's turn. He says, okay, dump a bunch of water on my offering. So then they drenched it with water. Uh, and so there was a river of water flowing off of the thing. So then he says... Uh, uh, Elijah prays this, this prayer, he says, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. He's praying that God would let himself be known right he's not saying God I demand that you set this on fire not saying God I'm, I want this thing he's saying God be known this is this is this is about you this isn't about me um, and so at that point a fire comes down and it not only does it consume the meat right the, the, the offering uh, that was soaking wet it consumes the wood and it consumes the stones like everything is pulverized to dust that's how that's how intense the fire was and god was like bam i'm known right um i promised my kids one joke uh so uh where does an 800 pound gorilla sit anywhere he wants to exactly prayer is not telling god what to do god can do anything he wants to prayer is asking god to take over and do that. So if I can do anything to make God do something, if my prayers are like cutting myself, whatever it is, if I try to kind of come up with a formula, if I can convince God just to, just to do this thing for me, all of a sudden God becomes a genie in a bottle and he's not God. Who's God in that situation? Me. Because I can tell God what to do. Instead, all of these alls are all going to be about asking God to show his strength in our lives. So the first all is praying at all times in the Spirit. So when should we pray? Whenever we need God. when We need God's strength in all our lives at all times. There's never a single moment that we can manage on our own. If you remember um, we we talked about the armor of God and it said said that uh, in 16 it says in all circumstances so at all times take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one you know first Peter describes it this way it says be sober minded be watchful your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour that's you church The, the devil's looking for you guys those, those darts are aimed at you. They're aimed at me. So you can't ignore a lion if it's roaring on the... like. You can't ignore that. You can't ignore arrows that are flying at your face. right? You can't ignore these things. If you do, you get injured. You get hurt. You get taken down. So we need to be praying at all times. And, uh, I mean, how many times have you guys... I hope this isn't just me, but how many times have you walked into a wall not paying attention? Like, yeah, right? See, okay, good. It's not just me. Sometimes I have these thoughts, like, maybe that's a me thing. Um, anyways, it happens, right? Sometimes you have to pay the stupid tax. You're like, I, was, I should have been watching where I was walking. This isn't one of those times. This is a time you should never pay this tax. We need to be vigilant in our prayers. We need to be praying at all times because it is far more damaging to let sin, let, let those darts come in, let those attacks come in, they need to be stopped. And it's only God's strength that can stop them, not my own. Any Christian that you've seen on the news, anyone you know who's fallen away, I guarantee you it's because they stopped praying. They stopped trusting in God, calling out for on His name on their knees. They stopped. They got complacent, whatever it was, and then just those little lies came snuck, sneaking into their lives. Only God's strength can help us. We see Jesus praying at all times in the Bible. He goes out early in the morning. He goes out in the middle of the day. He goes out late at night. Um, at one point, he's, he's done preaching. He, sends, he says, okay, guys, get in the boats and go to the other side of the sea, the Sea of Galilee, so they could row it. Um, and then, and he goes up to the t- top of the mountain and he starts praying. Uh, and so then these disciples are fishermen, right? well, majority of them, fishermen, um, they're rowing and rowing, and then a storm comes on. And so they are rowing all night against this storm. You know, these are sailors. They know what they're doing, but they're stuck in this storm. And then they see something walking on the water. It's Jesus. Jesus just comes down, he's walking across the water, like, like nothing, like the storm's going on. It doesn't matter what the storm's doing. Jesus comes from that when God's strength and starts walking. And then um, they freak out. They're like, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. But uh, they, at the end, and then immediately it says they're on the other side with him. So um, Jesus, through the power of God, went through the storm. It sounds very familiar, doesn't it? I mean, I think there's, I feel like I'm in a constant storm these days with, you know, all the crazy wars and viruses and just everything coming at me like, oh, this, is, this is huge, this is important, this is going to end our world as we know it. And, you know, I need Jesus' strength, right? It says be anxious of nothing. We're, we're told not to, be, uh, not to be anxious. We're supposed to pray is what it says. Um, so how should we pray? So what should we pray? In the second all, it says, with all prayer and supplication, so prayer is for all occasions, like there's you know if you need something, if you want to glorify God, if you want to like whatever it is you know i i I, um, I realize sometimes I get into this really chatty mood with people, like sometimes I'm like, oh, okay I'll, I'll be quiet and kind of to myself, but like i uh, I was visiting my parents yesterday, and then um I just kept talking and talking and talking and talking to my dad. And he was like, do you want to just go sit down? Because we were standing. It was like, oh, yeah, we should probably sit down. I was just super excited. Uh, anyways, I had something to talk about. And uh, so uh, when we look at um, the armor, right, we were told to take up the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. Nick shared last week, and I was just, I I was so blessed through it, um, when he said, you know, sometimes we're clinging desperately to that shield of faith, we're holding on with all dear life, Um, and sometimes we're charging forward with that sword, like, we're like, this is the, this is the word of God, we're super excited, we're just bubbling over, Uh, in both cases, we're praying for, we need to be praying for God's strength, right, Uh, and God's strength is available um, in every situation, every circumstance, uh, so prayer needs to be our first resort, not our last resort. A lot of times, it becomes the last thing we do once we're at our end. Uh, you know, um, it's like when you're looking for something; you're like it's always in the last place you looked <laughs> because you stopped looking after that. Uh, but the uh, prayer needs to take precedence. It needs to not be the last thing we do. Uh, George Mueller, was, in the 1800s, ran several orphan orphanages. Uh, and he was known as a man of prayer. Uh, there was, and I'll just give you an example of this. This is amazing. So uh, he was, uh, they had run out of food for the, for the orphans. There were 300 orphans ready to eat, and he had run out of food. And here's how the story goes. Uh, so he, he was sitting uh, one morning, and a knock came at his door and said, I hate to bother you, Mr. Mueller, uh, began the matron, but it's happened. The children are all ready for breakfast and there is not a thing in the house to eat. What shall I tell them? So George stood up and said, I'll take care of it. Uh, Just give me a minute, he said. And before going into the dining room, uh, George walked out into the garden, and there there was a girl playing. He said, Abigail, Abigail, come here. And he called Abigail, and she ran up to him. And she said, what is it? And George reached down, took her hand, and said, come and see what God will do. So he he said this, and he escorted her into the dining room. So they go into the dining room. All 300 children are are standing around, and he he said this prayer. Dear God, we thank you for what you are going to give us to eat. Amen. His first reaction was get up and pray. It wasn't, okay, who can I call? I think the headphones said, who can I call? What can I do? How can I make this happen? It was pray. And then all 300 children sat down to eat with nothing in front of them. And then there was a knock at the door. The baker came over and said, you know what? God spoke to me last night and said, bake extra bread. So here's some extra bread. Can you use it? And then another knock came at the door. The milkman, his cart had broken. And he said, I've got to to offload this milk because I need to repair my cart. And I can't repair it with all this milk. Can you use it? So they had breakfast which was kind of amazing. So like, when we think about who we are, how the strength is available to us, we can bring everything to God. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. God never is bored of talking to you. God never says, No, I'm too busy. God never says, That's too small. Go take it up with um, somebody else. God is listening. God is attentive. God wants to talk with you. God wants to give you his strength in every situation. So bring it to him. So we need, to, we need God's strength at all times and in all things. Third, we need to pursue God's strength with all our heart. It's a, it says, with all perseverance or endurance, your, your Bible might say. So in James 5, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. As it is working, um, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. So that's the prequel to the other story. But um, it talks about uh, fervent prayer, to pray with your whole, whole heart and holding nothing back. So we are to cling to the Lord with prayer and don't stop asking. I'm a, I'm a bivocational pastor, so I, I work a day job and I, and I get to be here as well. Uh, and so I'm, a, I'm an engineer, a software engineer by trade. Uh, and we have this, this process, like when something breaks. Um, it's, it's meant to avoid firing people, I think, because, oh, you broke it. Uh, yes, I hit the button that I I had to unplug the server, my Xbox had to get plugged in, whatever it is. You know, like, rather than saying, okay, you're out, we try to make it impossible for somebody to unplug the server and plug an Xbox in, right? So the process is called a correction of error, COE for short. And um, I've written quite a few, I've broken quite a few things. Uh, But I've gotten really good at writing them so that I've taught other engineers how to write them. And the, the... they, they, have, they all have this section in them that I put in that is, to, is the five whys. You have to ask, why did it happen? Why did the server break? Uh, because it was unplugged. Why was it unplugged? So I can plug in my Xbox. Why were you plugging in your Xbox? You know, so you just basically have to ask all these why questions. And, and I, I literally tell engineers, channel your inner five-year-old. Just ask why, 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 why? Right? So continue to ask and be annoying and, uh, and pedantic with those ask, that asking. So when, um, when we're talking with God and we can go with confidence to his throne, he is our father, he loves us, he knows how to good, give good gifts to us, he wants the best for us. At that point, we should be unashamed to ask for things. We should be unashamed to go and pursue him. Uh, even annoyingly, because he will never get bored or tired of us. So a few years ago, I was uh, trying to get a, a job. My contract was up, and uh, I got a call back from a, from a big company, and they wanted to, they wanted to interview me. I was like, "Oh, that's amazing!" So I, I started pr- I started praying. God, I just really want this job. Let's do it. And then um, as soon as they called me and said, "Let's let's connect," I stopped praying. I was like, "Okay, God, thanks." peace. And then, they, then the next call I got was, oh, um, there's been a slight delay. We're going to have to wait a week to talk to you. And I'm like, I, my clock is running here. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be uh, unemployed. Uh, so then I, was, I got up, got back on my knees. I was like, God, I, I just, sorry, I stopped praying. Please help with this. And then, and then I got a call. Oh, yeah, we can, we can talk to you and, again. And so I was like, okay, good. Thanks, God. Peace. Did it again because I'm thick-headed that way, and um, the, uh, then they called me back, and this went on like three times to where I would stop praying, and then suddenly something would happen in the process, so at, from that point on, I was like, God, I'm not praying, I'm not done praying about this. this, even when it looks good from my perspective, I'm praying about this, I'm praying about this, and then, you know, eventually I did get the job, which was nice. Uh, but, you know, it was all a God thing because every time I stopped and said, you know, like, every time I put my hands down, it just fell apart. So we, we need God's strength at all times. We need God's strength in all things, and we need to pursue it with all our heart. And fourth and uh, finally, we need, we all need God's strength. It's, uh, it says making supplication for all all the saints. So prayer isn't just for my personal situations. Prayer is for all of us, and I, we are supposed to pray for each other. The devil's arrows aren't just aimed at me, but they're aimed at each one of you guys. So remember that when you come to church or your home groups or the community meal, and you know, maybe maybe Andy's getting on your nerves a little bit. Maybe, maybe Nick's being a little annoying, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, like, think about that, right? Pray for them. I think the one of the most powerful things in my life has been every time I've had, and I know I was joking, but every time I've had a serious problem with a, with a brother or sister, I found it gets solved when I start praying blessing upon their life, when I start lifting them up as, as a child of God, and not as a barrier between me and whatever I'm trying to accomplish. So we need to be praying for each other. We need to be lifting each other up. That's how a body works. Like I was, um, my wife and I were training for, a, we were training for a marathon. She ran it. Um, so we were, we were training for a marathon and I injured myself. All of a sudden, like I, I took out my back. I don't know, I'm getting old, but I took it out and um, yeah, I was really devastated when I couldn't do it. Um, I was like, all right. Uh anyways, but I, I noticed that like I couldn't I, I was walking funny. I was able to walk, but part of but the right side of my body wasn't wasn't quite working. So I had to go to like physical therapy and all these things. I know you guys are super interested, but like I had to go through all these things and I found out that um, the muscles that had injured had trained you know, my body had compensated. I wasn't walking right, but I was walking because the rest of my muscles were like, okay, I'm gonna take over this star and we're gonna make it we're gonna make walking sort of work. Um. that's how we are. We should be as a body. If somebody is injured in this church. If somebody is struggling in this church, if somebody is, we need to come in and be the strength and compensate, right? We need God's strength in the situation and we need to compensate. We need to be there to help lift each other up. So we need, in order to do that, like I said, we need God's strength. In Ephesians 6, yeah, up, up higher it says, uh, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you, are spiritual. you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Every time I've heard about uh, a brother or sister or a pastor or somebody who's, like, who's fallen in sin, immediately it breaks my heart and I, you know but I also think like this is this this sin is available to me as well this sin this sin uh so I need to pray one that God strengthen my life that I avoid whatever it was and two, strengthen their life that they that they would stop that they would they would uh be built up again and that I can work with them or whatever it is but like we need to be, we are all weak, and we all need the rest that is promised by Christ. It says, uh, you know, uh, that and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is love, right? It says the, perfect, uh, the, the commandments are love the Lord your God is yourself, and the second like it, love your neighbor. So we really need to be in each other's business. I mean, just to kind of put it that way, right? So when you ask somebody how you're doing, or you say, hey, you know, when you're greeting, you can ask them again, how are you really doing? You can you can come up with things. You can say, hey, you know, you know, we need to be as involved with each other's lives as if it meant something. I love the um I'm convicted by it every time I read it, but if you know Penn and Teller, the magicians, um I can't remember which is which, but um the the one who talks uh, he, he says, you know, I'm, I'm an atheist, and uh, I am offended by Christians who don't try to evangelize me. Because that means that if you believed really I'm going to hell, you don't care. And I'm like, wow. Immediately I'm like, who am I, who am I talking to about Jesus? But this... Um, The truth of it is, if you really care about each other, you're going to be in each other's business. You're going to be praying for each other. Hey, you know, I was praying for you this week. How's it going? So many times in my life, somebody said, I was praying for you. And I was like, dude, I felt it. Like, I swear. My week, something was going on. It must have been you praying. Sometimes God will wake me up in the middle of the night, and I'll be like, I'd really like to go to sleep, but who do you want me to pray for? And so I try to pray for every single person that comes to my mind, because that's who we should be as a body and I'm telling you it is impactful because what we're doing is we're asking for God's strength in their life whatever the situation I don't even need to know right I just want God's strength in their life so we need to pursue so we need God's strength at all times in all things pursue it with our whole heart and we need it for all of the saints for all of us Matthew 11, uh, 28, uh, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So check this out, church. Every prayer that we pray is inviting God's strength in. The first prayer we pray as a Christian, God, please come into my life. I can't handle this. I believe that you are um, God. You are the Lord. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that uh, I am incapable of handling my life here it is for you that prayer is the same prayer we should be praying the rest of our christian lives the rest of our lives right that prayer of god i cannot handle this each time i try to convince myself i can i'm wrong so if you're not a christian today god is offering this this his protection he's offering his strength to you He's offering you that all the storms going on today, he will carry you over the water. So uh, if you guys want to turn to Luke 11, verse 1. So we see all of these elements that I was calling out in the Lord's Prayer, which you should all pretty much be familiar with. I have a problem when I um, when when people say let's pray the Lord's prayer together, the old King James comes out of me. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but we'll we'll do the ESV here. It says, um, so in eleven one it says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. These guys have been with Jesus, and They've seen him, that he is a man of prayer, like I said, morning, evening, night, he's praying, doing powerful things. And they're like, teach us to pray this way. Teach us to pray with this power. And he said to them, uh, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. I think it's important um, as we look at this that we're we're not looking at this prayer again in little components. Like this, what we're looking for, why did, Jesus didn't say, when you pray, every time you pray, say this prayer. He said, um, we pray say, and then other others say, other places says like this. It says um, that the disciples wanted to know how to pray, not not necessarily what to pray, because there's other situations, other things going on in our lives. This is a good prayer to start with if you don't know what to say. I think, or if the God, if God has put this on your heart, this is this is this is a good prayer. But also God wants to know, wants you to be a part of it, right? He wants you to be praying what's on your heart. Uh, But but check this out. We said that God's strength, uh, we need God's strength in our lives at all times. And then he says, um, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. That's speaking about the now and future kingdom of God. That means right now, at this time, we want your kingdom here, all times. From here until eternity, we want your kingdom. In... um, we said we needed God's strength for all situations with prayer and supplication and providing for our needs, right? In uh, three, it says, give us each day our daily bread. God, I want your strength. I need, I need your, your provision for today. And then uh, we said, we need God's strength for all the saints. We need to be praying for each other. And then in verse four, it says, and forgive us our sins, For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And then the last one was we need God's strength. Uh, We need to pursue God's strength with all perseverance, with all our heart. No distractions, right? And then at the very end it says, and lead us not into temptation. I need to be laser focused on God. So. We need God's strength at all times, in all situations. We need to pursue it with all our heart. And we need to pursue it for each other. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear God, we just invite you in. We just pray that every prayer that we pray, everything that we lift up, Lord, it would just be your strength. It's nothing that we can make happen, Lord. It's something that we trust in you. You have offered your strength as encouragement. You have offered your strength as a, as, a, as how we can live, Lord. You have offered your armor, your son, as protection, Lord. We want the whole armor. We want all of your strength, Lord. We need it uh, every day and all the time, Lord. And I just pray that we would be a church that is known um, just by you, Lord. It's your love that we want people to see. It's your strength that we want people to see, Lord. It is that... that's what we want in our lives. And Lord, I just pray, just help us to get into each other's business and pray so much for each other. In Jesus' name, amen.